happy Sunday to my true crime people. This is Jenny and welcome to Mommy's Crime Time. We're going to go over a case that has been in the news for the past several weeks today. This case has captured the nation. Everyone is waiting for answers. Everyone is sitting by their computers, TVs, phones, waiting to hear something, but no news has came. This case is that of 11-year-old Gannon Stock. Where is he? This is the biggest question. Where did he go? There has been a lot of speculation about his stepmother, Letitia, and her possible involvement in the case. Again, this hasn't been proven. This is, you know, going off her contradicting statements, going off of her odd behavior and things that don't quite add up with the case. Of course, she hasn't been charged. I'm not here to talk negatively about anyone. I'm just here to state facts. Now, Gannon lived with her, which was his stepmother, and his father, Al. His father was away. He worked with the military, so he was not here. He was away for some sort of training. So he was with T. With T. They call her T, Letitia, at the time that he went missing. On Sunday, the 26th, Letitia took Gannon and I believe his little sister, to go hiking. They came home, and at some point that night, something happened. Something happened that set Letitia off. What happened? Apparently, Gannon had a candle. He either spilt the wax all over the carpet, or he burned the carpet in the living room. Letitia has recently published a video on her Facebook about this, saying that this will clear her. It'll prove to everyone you know, that she didn't do anything wrong. But instead, this video did nothing but make her look worse and give more speculation to her possible involvement. If you haven't heard it or saw it, I say heard it because she claims to have accidentally recorded this video. She says that after this incident with the candle, she had walked away and she came back and she didn't realize that her phone was recording. So in the beginning, you see a little bit of like their TV side of the sofa or something there, but you never see Gannon in this accidental video. Most of it is a black screen. You first hear her saying, sorry, sorry, I freaked out or something along those lines. You can hear Gannon obviously in distress. He's crying. He's very upset. And T tells him, did you do it on purpose? And he tells her, no, it was an accident. And she's like, pinky promise. No, I didn't do it on purpose. And she says, okay, well, we got to fix it. Okay, I understand that. When your kids mess something up, you got to fix it. But what she says next caught me off guard. She said, we've got to fix it so the lady doesn't kick us out of the house. They must have been renting. So we'll have to sell something. I don't know. Maybe we'll sell the sofa. This triggered me because when my son threw a toy and hit our TV and completely ruined our pretty much brand new flat screen 4K TV, I didn't say, hmm, guess I better sell the couch. No, I didn't. I said, oh, okay, well, I guess I gotta buy a new TV. But had I had to sell something at that moment to replace it, it wouldn't have been my couch. I would have said, you know what? We have this old PlayStation 3 that we don't use. We could sell it. You know, we have this push mower or lawnmower outside we don't use, we'll sell it. But I wouldn't want to sell my couch. Why is this strange to me? Because in this audio from this video that she accidentally recorded, Gannon sounds like he is in distress. He is crying. He's emotional. 
He has obviously been through some sort of trauma. I mean, my kids have done things before, like, you know, spill something or break something. I've never heard them in that state of fear and being so upset. Why does that stand out to me? I think he was hurt. I think that she said, sorry, I freaked out because she freaked out on him when he did this and she hurt him. Did she do it intentionally? I don't know. Did she take it too far? Don't know. But if you're going to sell your couch, rip up your carpet, did she possibly hurt him? And there was some sort of blood or evidence on the couch. And that's why she staged this video saying I accidentally recorded it to use that as a reason why she got rid of the sofa doesn't exactly add up. In some of the audio from the video, if you get it very, very clear, you can almost hear Gannon saying, I'm bleeding at the end of the video. Why would he be bleeding? That does not make sense. Now the following day, on Monday, January 27th, Gannon did not go to school. Letitia said he had a stomach ache. This wasn't uncommon for Gannon. Apparently he had some stomach issues. But just like in the Chris Watts case, there was a camera at the neighbor's house. And I'm going to tell you what that camera captured in just a moment. Letitia says that later in the afternoon, around, I believe she said 3.15 or 4, Gannon came to her and told her that he wanted to go to his neighbor's friend's house. And she told him, okay. Apparently he, you know, was accustomed to walk into a friend's house to play. She later tries to basically throw off on his biological father about this, that he allowed him to do it, like she wasn't okay with it. She says that he didn't come home or whatever, so she reported him missing. The issue I have with that is the fact that that neighbor's camera captured Letitia leaving the home around 10 a.m. that morning with Gannon. You could see her get in the car or the truck. It was a truck. And you can see Gannon get in the back. She returns four hours later alone. Around 2, I thought it was 2.19, she comes home. But she says that Gannon left the house at 3.15. This completely throws off her timeline because he must not have even been there at the point that she says that he left. Now, she has since been kicked out of the home. Her, her husband kicked her out. Gannon's biological mother lives in South Carolina. She got there as fast as she could, and she had been staying in the home with the biological father, and they threw... Letitia out. Why? Obviously they suspect her of something. They believe she had something to do with it because as I said, her statements don't add up. And it's not only that, it's the fact that she has been all over social media. And when I say all over social media, I mean everywhere. If she doesn't talk into someone on her personal account, she'll get on her mom's, her daughter's, any other account she can to try to fight with people that are accusing her. I understand that it's not a good feeling to be accused of things. I completely understand that she would want to defend herself. But in trying to defend herself, she's only making herself look more and more guilty because the things that she says don't go along with what she said to police or she's being extremely vulgar to people and it makes her look like a very, very bad person. So she decided a couple weeks ago that she would go to the media and be interviewed by a local news channel and talk about this and what was going on and her thoughts and how she felt about the case. And we'll get to that in just one moment. During this interview that Letitia had with the local news station, she didn't show her face. They had her from behind. You could see the, 
the the reporter's face and he was facing her but she was facing away from the camera and you would think that she would be pleading again and please come home I, I miss you you know where are you I can't I, you know I'm so sorry I got upset with you or you know it's safe to come home but was this what she was doing no not really even more disturbing was the fact that she referred to Gannon in the past tense several times during the interview. Rather than pleading for Gannon, it was more of her defending herself against the media, social media, even the police department. Letitia made claims that her and her daughter, who was 17, were taken at gunpoint while shopping for clothes. Since they had been kicked out of their home, they were trying to buy new clothes and the police came and had them at gunpoint and put her 17-year-old daughter in handcuffs and they impounded her car and they took her to the police department. They refused her an attorney. They wouldn't even give her anything to drink. And she goes into this in detail during this interview. She then goes on to talk about how everyone owes her an apology. Her husband, and again, all of these outlets of the media and local people that they should apologize to her because she did nothing to Gannon and that truth will come out and that she deserves this apology. She was very adamant about this. Then the reporter decided to ask her about, you know, the hiking trip. You know, was Gannon, because at first no one knew was Gannon home after this hiking trip. Did something happen to him on this trip? So she says she can't talk about the case, but that her daughter, 17-year-old Harley, can comment on it. So the reporter asked if they can speak with her. She says yes. As she walks away to go to the car to get her daughter, I'm not sure if she realized that she still had the mic on, and that they were still recording because you could hear her saying they want to ask you if Gannon was at home when you came home from work and her daughter even asked well what do you want me to say it was very obvious that she was coaching her daughter she was letting her know what was going to be asked before she got to the camera and making sure that she knew the response to have that yes he was there just tell him that, that he was there when you got home from work you just tell him the truth this was her way of assuring that her 17 year old daughter did not slip up on camera in my opinion, and several other people's. The interview was awkward. It was nothing but a narcissistic attempt at, I'm not a bad person, you're painting me unfairly. It was nothing about the tragedy of this child being missing. And this struck me as problematic, as a red flag, something's not right. Your husband kicks you out. You know, the police have questioned you. You can't seem to come up with where he is. Your story has varied time and time again, and your timeline does not add up. Something is not right. It bothers me that if she does know something, she has allowed Colorado to search and search and search for this child, knowing that she did something to him, knowing that he's not safe. I really feel like she hurt him that night over that candle. She Maybe she overreacted. Was it intentional? I don't know, but she hurt him. He didn't go to school the next day, and when she left with him at 10 o'clock in the morning, she took him somewhere because she didn't want the police involved, she didn't want her husband to find out what happened, and she definitely did not want CPS involved. Again, that's my opinion. I can't say for sure, but after this, after this video was released that made her look, you know, even more guilty than before, she decided that she needed to make a statement to the media about this and I'm gonna read that to you in just one moment you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it because let me tell you it's um, basically the same type of thing yet again
Letitia made this statement on February 11th, as I said, in regards to the video that she posted publicly on Facebook for everyone to see. She says, and this was published in Fox Denver. First and foremost, I would like to thank all agencies, volunteers, and community members who are working diligently and praying endlessly to bring Gannon home safe. Thank you to my husband, who has stayed strong through this and protected our family to the best of his ability and our immediate and extended family members throughout the East Coast. It's important to note that Letitia is originally from the North South Carolina area. It goes on to say, to Gannon, please come home soon because your daddy is waiting to watch the new Sonic movie that comes out this week and the cool shirt I got you to wear to the theater is in your closet. Social media has been devastating from the harsh comments, speculations, threats, cyberbullying, etc. It has been a challenge when people are trying to run you off the road, waiting outside your hotel, threatening to kill you, etc. I encourage the sheriff's office to take down those pages that promote negative behavior and violence. Let's do what Gannon would do. Be kind to one another. We have all engaged in something crazy online at some point, but Gannon would want everyone to get along and focus on finding him. The fact that she says this when she has been the one all over social media, bashing everyone, constantly defending herself and contradicting herself is crazy to me. Why has she not been out there looking for Gannon? It goes on to say, I know that many people have kids and are invested in this because it hits close to home for them. I would like to think that overall, most people are genuine and want to do everything in their power to find G. With that being said, please take a step back for a moment and let me explain to you that a few details, a few details that were not released. For example, just like the video that was leaked, there are additional details that were hidden due to one, the department doing its job, two, the effects of social media and how some individuals would criticize or hinder the investigation. But I chose to listen. I didn't leak videos or information. But at this time, it's getting later in the process and we just won't get it home. I feel the need to fill in some gaps. Now let me stress this, police have known this since the first interview. Now in this statement, or part of this statement, she says that she has listened to police and she has not leaked videos. Mind you, she is the one that leaked the video of Gannon from Sunday night before he went missing. She's completely contradicting herself. She is the one that leaked the video. She then says, Saturday night, G was helping me unload the garage and cut his foot because there are a lot of tools because Albert does woodworking. He sat on the edge of the car and we bandaged it up. He was good to go. He always loved helping his dad in the garage build things like his Lego tables and the flower pot they built me as a gift. After this, I noticed G kept going to the side of the house. He told me he was checking to see if the gate was locked because he was the only one with a gate key. It made him proud to be the man of the house while Albert was away. Fast forward, we did a hike on Sunday, and she puts in parentheses cleared, as she was cleared by police. And shopping on Monday, cleared, as well as him getting out of the other side. And this, she's referring to that video. Now, she did go shopping Monday. She went to Petco twice, but left a sick child in the car. So technically, I don't see how she feels she was cleared, and I don't see how she says that it was cleared that he came out of the vehicle. Please don't think for a second that there isn't enough technology to determine shadows and movement around the truck. There was also proof from my phone that we had taken a selfie in the truck in our driveway that was time-stamped. We always send pictures to Albert when we are out and about when he is away. That can be scanned for actual time verification. Last, from day one, the sheriff's office has known a description of the person or friend who Gannon left with. This 
I don't really understand because I've never heard in the news a description of a person that we need to be looking for. I've only ever heard that he had walked to a friend's house. Not sure what the heck she's talking about. She says, I explained to them and provided evidence. They had information about G having a key to go out the side gate. Last, they have more in-depth details that go along with this pointing to who sent the person or why he may have come. Again, I repeat, they have had this initially and I was asked to keep it quiet so they would have the best shot at doing their job and bringing G home. The last thing they needed was a hindrance to their investigation. I encourage you to think of any suspicious cars that may have been in the area watching a few days prior and keep, in, and keep praying for G. Letitia stopped. Okay. So at first, the story was, oh, he was going to a friend's house. And then the story changes from that to, oh, well, never mind. He had this key to the gate. And he could have went out the gate. Well, he could have went out the front door if he was walking to a friend's house. Why would he have to go out the side gate? I feel like this is irrelevant. Why is she bringing this up? What does the gate have to do with anything? It doesn't, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Another thing that caught me about this is the fact that she mentions him cutting himself in the garage. Why did she mention this? Is it because there was blood found in the garage or she's afraid that blood will be found and they may link it? Is that what this is about? Because it doesn't exactly make sense as why she would mention something like, oh, he just cut his foot. Unless it was a giant cut or something like that. So that was on the 11th and there hasn't been a whole lot going on since then. Of course, they have still been searching for Gannon and people are out there, law enforcement's out there. It has been a heck of a search. So neighbors in the Southern Dallas community said that they're going to help law enforcement any way they can their command continue search for Gannon. And apparently there's a property in El Paso County that there has been a command post set up at and there's been all of these agencies there. And at first, no one in the area understood why they were there, but neighbors have since realized what they were doing. And people have offered to help in any way they can. You know, if I have a four-wheeler, you can use it. And apparently this area is along the stretch of Perry Park Road. And that's not known if this area is connected in any way to Gannon or Gannon's family, but they are searching. They said there's hundreds of people out there. This was yesterday. And it has come to a bit of a shock to the people in the area because it came out of nowhere. The El Paso County Sheriff's Department is leading this investigation, but they haven't said what caused them to switch their focus from Douglas County, which is more than 40 miles from Gannon's home, to El Paso County. So we do know that they have, there has been speculation that there was something that led them to this area. They won't say what it was that possibly led them to this area, but they have brought back the dogs to sniff. They have been poking through the ground and snow with shovels and poles trying to find something. Now, yesterday, midway through the day, the deputies did ask that the camera crews go further down the road and away from the search effort. So this made it look like there was possibly something that they had found and that that's why they were moving the crews away, not to catch that on camera. As I said, they said that there had been information that had led them there, but they also have not disclosed that location. So right now we're still waiting to find out if they did find anything in the pictures from the scene, you could see a screen up. I do feel like if they had found something by now, we would have heard about it since this was yesterday afternoon. But as of now, he has still not been found. The family has no answers. His mother, I believe, has actually flown back to her home. She's been there for several weeks. And I mean, you still have to continue with life. 
it's a devastating thing for him to be missing and I really pray that he's found and this family does get some sort of closure. I hope that if his stepmother Letitia did have something to do with it that she gets exactly what she deserves that the court systems as nice as that is compared to what she would actually deserve but I do hope that we do get a you know an answer to this soon and get some closure. Again, Gannon is an 11-year-old little boy. He's missing from Colorado, and he is described as being a very sweet young boy. Let's all hope and pray that he makes it home safe, but at this point, as much as it, I hate to say this, I worry that he's not going to come home alive. He's been missing for so long. Initially, he was labeled a runaway, and that was later changed to a endangered missing child because of the weather in Colorado, medications that he needed. They obviously have an issue. I've not heard anything that corroborates Letitia's statement that the police knew that who took him and she's now implying that someone came and stole him away. Almost like she's hinting that maybe his biological mother's boyfriend or someone, I don't know, came and took him away. I don't believe this for a minute. I think that she's just going to point the blame at whoever she can or use whatever story she can to try to take the blame off of her. And I feel like if there had been a person or a vehicle that she had described, we would have had an Amber Alert and this would have been all over the news we were looking for this person, but that has not happened. So as usual, I will keep everyone updated on this case. If you have any details I've left out, feel free to let me know. And as soon as there's more updates or there's a break in the case, I'll definitely let you guys know. As always, thank you for listening to Mommy's Crime Time.